Even in the early church, people got into conflicts. What does the Bible say how these guys resolve their issues? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to episode this episode of Inverse. Uh, Sebastian just cracked a joke and we're cracking up. We are talking about conflict and this is we're setting up the mood for a nice, nice ambience for for, for laughing. Everybody's comfortable. We're, we're quite comfortable this episode. Uh, we're going to look at the early church and how they resolved conflict. And it's very interesting that in the early church, I mean, in my imagination, and we talked about it last, uh, last, the last topic that we studied, yeah. I thought early church, everything was perfect, everything was hunky-dory, mm. uh, but things were not. So we're going to have a word of prayer, we're going to read some Bible verses, and we're going to talk and hopefully get some conclusions, get some mind, some truth out of the Word of God. Um, Israel, can you pray for us? Father in heaven, we know that in life we will always have conflicts. And so we thank you for your word that helps us navigate these things. We ask your blessing and your presence now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And Callie, can you read Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 and 28? Yes. It says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hey, Sebastian, I mean, Kelly just read Galatians 3, 27, 28. Um, bring that uh, passage out a bit. Why, why is that our key text? And how does that inform all of our conflicts that happen? Well, I think essentially Paul is looking at the ideas that when we get into Christ, sometimes we revert back to these things that we were outside of Christ. Mm. And that is what ends up creating conflicts inside the of... The pre-converted state? I don't know if it's necessarily pre-conversion as much as it is these pieces of our identity as we kind of addressed in a previous episode. So it's like, well, things get a little testy as we get cliquish in the church sometimes or I'm naturally gravitating to my culture and my group of people. And it's kind of like we start creating divisions where there actually is already unity. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is, is recognizing that none of these things really apply in Christ Jesus. Everyone should be looked at as a soul saved and purchased at infinite cost. It's, you know, Paul is super radical in this passage. He says, if, you, if you've put on Christ, then there is no such thing as a Jew or a Greek. And so it's like an either or. You either have Christ or you have nationality, nationalism, national whatever. You know, and so he's saying, look, you've put on Christ, right? That's what you've done. You've yeah, what does that mean? Like, I mean, Paul says that a lot. Put on Christ, put on, put off these, put off these. What does yeah. it mean? Is it like a shirt that you put on or is it like, what, what is going on there? Yeah, I think <laughs> to put on Christ means to adopt his philosophy, to adopt uh. his way of living, his way of thinking. To put on mm-hmm. Christ is kind of to put on the mentality of the Christian mindset. Mm-hmm. And if this is the case, if you've put on Christ, if you've adopted the Christian philosophy, if Christ is your form of identity, mm-hmm. then that eliminates and excludes all other forms of identity. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's like, you know, right with outside of Christ, there's multiple forms of identity, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're a man, you're a Korean, you're a minister. You're, these are different ways in which you identify yourself. This is, who, this is what makes up who you are. But in Christ, all of those things are eliminated. You are Christ's, mm-hmm. and you are nothing else. And mm-hmm. so 
you know, if you're Christ, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as a, well, there is such thing, but there is <laughs> ultimately, you know, <laughs> you know, ultimately it excludes everything else. And I like how that, that verse ends. It says, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You mm -hmm. know, it's, there is this collective thing that comes. You're the Lord, same. The Lord you're the e equal. And I think that's a, that's a big part of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a big part of the concept of identity. You know, when we, when we look at, um, ourselves, there's an issue of sameness and there's an issue of difference, right? We don't identify ourselves as having a nose or having two eyes or two feet unless we're comparing ourselves, right, to a certain kind of animal or insect, whatever. But as we look, <laughs> as, as we look at our, I mean, Israel's like an insect. Unless you compare yourself to an insect. <laughs> but if you look at, when I'm comparing myself to Justin, I'm not like, oh, I have two eyes because those are things that are the same. So there's a certain identity that comes in the fact that we share certain similarities and that there's something that comes in the fact that I may be taller or you may be more intelligent or you may speak Korean and I don't. So then mm -hmm. the differences drive identity as well as the similarities. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think Paul is addressing that, you know, some people are going to connect on the Greek piece. Some people are going to connect on the I'm free, but you're a slave. Yeah. Some people are going to connect on you're a male, I'm a female. And in that separation and the issues that are created, from there, Christ is supposed to be able to help us to transcend that and to overcome it. So let's go to the book of Acts and look at three places where the early church, there was major conflict. Mm -hmm. uh, we spent a whole entire uh, 13 weeks in the book of Acts, but in this episode, we're just going to look at maybe the high points of, 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 of this theme. Let's go to Acts chapter 6. And Callie, can you read chapter 6, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 6? 1 through 6. Just like it there, I'll go out. Okay. Acts 6, 1 through 6. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. All right. And Sebastian, what's going on there? What's the main issue in the early church? So... I really love this text because I feel like it's so relevant. Yeah. You have first the context that this is a time of growth for the church, right? The disciples are being multiplied, mm -hmm. which lets you know that conflicts a lot of times arise because of success in our mission. Mm. So because we're experiencing growth, you're winning all kinds of different cultural people. Mm -hmm. So now we have Greek-speaking Jews, um, and then you have obviously the Hebrew-speaking mm -hmm. Jews. And this complaint arises because certain types of Jews, because they're Hellenist-type Jews, they're being neglected in the daily distribution. So this conflict is a result of the success of the church. That's right. So conflict is not always a sign that something bad is happening. Mm -hmm. It could also be a sign that's a good, a, a sign of a good thing. That's exactly. Happening. It's almost like growing pains. Mm -hmm. You know okay. what I'm saying? So uh, what do they do to resolve this issue? Well, what you immediately find is that the apostles recognize that, number one, we're not called to deal with every single, you know, minute dispute, disputation that's going to arise from this. We got to keep doing what we're doing to fund this growth because God is leading. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, they call them to create structure and leadership in order to oversee it because they're trying to not just solve it now, but 
also forever in the future. Mm. So now, okay, this is going to be overseen by godly individuals who are filled with the Holy Spirit, people like Stephen, Prochorus, filled with the Holy Spirit, men of good report that everybody can respect and everybody will listen to so that this can no longer be um, a, a cause of division and problems in the church. Mm -hmm. it's, a oh. very, it's a very mature way of looking at the issue because I know for me when I'm in charge of something and there's a complaint, I'm going to fix it because I'm in charge. So I'll add that to the list of things I'm going to do because it, it matters to me. But the fact that it's, it's humi it's, there's humility there, like I'm going to let someone else take over, but it's also what Sebastian was saying is like you're looking ahead of I can maybe fix it right now, but I'm going to actually choose people. And again, mm -hmm. I love that they don't just choose anyone, but they're like even this is like a daily distribution, right? That's a mm -hmm. small thing mm. who cares but they still need someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit and of good reputation so they're divesting of their responsibilities to other people mm -hmm. shared responsibility which takes a little bit of humility, of, of humility. And trust yeah. and there's also I mean I don't know about you but I'm a melancholic and if you don't do it right then I'm just gonna do it all myself that's what I'm like to do, yeah. Yeah, okay <laughs> high five word. Um, and then secondly they what was the second point you were saying that that even this is a small kind of ministry it's yeah. a small thing daily distribution they still want people of good reputation and filled with the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. So they're esteeming each part of ministry as it should be. Mm -hmm. the, the, the significance about what, what, how that struck me, Kelly, is it's easy for me to not care so much about someone else's problem. It's like, oh, man, what you're going through is no big deal, man. It's like the daily distribution. Hey, just be humble or just be content with what you have or no big deal. Look, I have bigger issues to deal with. Mm. My issues are always bigger to me than your issues. Mm. But by assigning these people, people that are filled with the Holy Spirit and so forth and so on, you know, essentially the apostles are saying your issue is significant enough that we're going to give it its due attention. Mm. And so I think there's principles in in bringing unity in the context of challenges. And that is number one is give due importance to the issues that other people have. Don't minimize the issues mm. no matter how small you think they are. And I also think, you know, one of the other things that jumps to me <clears throat> is in business we have a saying that the person, the, the best person to solve a problem is the person who raised it. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't go and say, well, this is my idea. They say, well, choose seven men among yourselves. So they almost pushed it back to the to the church and said, look, choose men among yourselves of good report. They gave some parameters, but they asked them to be proactive in that. And I think there's a certain profundity in that, too, is that don't just come to the church and come to leaders with issues, but also recognize that they may push back and say, well, OK, you provide a solution to this yeah. particular issue. And mm -hmm. when conflicts arise, Sometimes we're going to put all the pressure on the pastor, all the pressure on mom and dad, all the pressure on whoever's leader. the leader in, yeah. involved in the situation rather than recognizing that the leader shouldn't say, okay, like Callie said, I have to take care of it. I have to handle it. Mm -hmm. They should be like, hey, man, give me a solution yourself. Like, how do you see this thing resolving? Yep. I mean, you're referencing verse three there. Mm -hmm. uh, Seek out from among you seven men uh -huh. of good reputation. I mean, I, I would take that they're choosing the men from among them, not mm -hmm. make the decision amongst yourselves. Yeah. Well, I, you seek out people. I, I'm thinking there's that still like a part of it. Though, they're still yeah. a part of solving the problem. Okay. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. they're the source of the solution. Right. Like they're included. They're included in that All process, right. and okay. I think that's key. Right. If I may, because he stole the floor. Yeah. I was like, boom! I'm about to make a three. Stole your thunder. Yeah. He does that. Which is cool because yeah. number two, that's yeah. actually where I was going. So there's unity among us, even in conflict. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I think that's the second principle is include the complainers, right, in the process, which he already eloquently. But there's a third point, and that is to find an acceptable solution. You know, it says they came up with a, a solution that pleased the multitude. Hmm. And so here there's an effort 
to please the people that have the conflict. And so I think those are three principles that we find in bringing unity among conflict. Number one is include the people that have the conflict. Okay. Bring them into, as, into the, into the solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number two is provide an acceptable solution. And then finally, number three, make sure that you give due importance to the issue that's being addressed, no matter how small you think it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm, that's all I wanted to get off my chest. All right. All right. <laughs> do, you, do you feel better now? Group hug. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like right. catharsis. Group group all right. After the break, okay, we'll, we'll, take a, we'll take a group hug during the break and afterwards. We go to chapter 10 and 11 about the second time or in a second uh, instance there was conflict in early church. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to now go to Acts chapter 10 and 11. And right. Kelly, we'll just read the whole thing there until we finish the episode out. Uh, what? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, weird. This will give us a synopsis of what's happening there. Wait, what? Story of Cornelius <laughs> and, and Peter. The, the conflict here um, that unity resolves is the conflict of racism, right? I mean, Paul, uh, Peter is Peter has preconceptions of, you know, who the gospel should go to, mm. who's unclean, who's not unclean. And so this is the conflict. This is the tension that... It's kind of related to chapter 6. You know, you have the Greek and the, and the kind of a racial thing there. Mm. And then 10, is there's, it's, it's, it's similar, yeah. not exactly the same, well, but the similar. Nuance, the nuance there is that in chapter 6, it's just an issue of equality. But we're all like, hey, we accept you. We're all part of the church. But, yeah. you know, you're, you're just being neglected. Whereas here is you're not part of the club. You're not, you're not part of the... Yeah. So it's, I think it's a step further yeah. than chapter 6. It's okay. a little even... It's, the intensity is even a little more significant there. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the beautiful part about this is the fact that the person being offended is still willing to go through mm. despite the fact that... You know, Peter They'll go is, through uh, uh, reconciliation yeah. and getting it uh, involvement. Is yes. willing to allow a person that has these preconceived ideas about who he is, mm -hmm. allowing them to come into his home, mm -hmm. allowing this person that might be uh, deemed as a racist to teach you mm -hmm. spiritual truth. There's so much. There's so much, you know, so much self-surrender that's yeah. taking place. Well, in chapter 6, it seems like, you know, they're in a committee and you guys give a lot of really great principles on and getting them involved and choosing leaders. And, 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 and But here, there seems to be the Holy Spirit is, is playing a proactive role. Yeah. Uh, there's a role of the vision going on and it's the, the players have to follow the role, have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And perhaps what, I think perhaps what has happened is the greater the conflict the more the surrender, human surrender takes place. It's necessary. Mm. The larger the conflict, the more we recognize we cannot handle the situation, yeah. the easier the time we have in surrendering ourselves to God. Mm. And the more we surrender ourselves to God, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to come down. Mm -hmm. And the more we allow the Holy Spirit to come down, the stronger the impact of that unifying process. And so just to go back to tell the story, you know, Peter is very hungry. He's waiting for lunch to be served. He's upstairs in, in his house. Uh, he has this vision, this dream. The dream is God is telling him to rise and to kill these, you know, beasts and creeping things and insects and so forth. Mm -hmm. Peter's thinking to himself, I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. The vision happens three times. And at the conclusion, as Peter's pondering, what in the world does this mean? Then 
Cornelius's people show up and it's like, hey, come teach us the word of God. And so Peter goes, he preaches to them Jesus. In the preaching of that, the Holy Spirit falls and they receive the, the spirit of God in the same way that the Jews received it in Acts chapter 2, which is the manifestation of speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. You Smashing. know, the other thing that, that makes this, um, you know, to Israel's point is that the, the chapter 6, you kind of had their Greek-speaking Jews, right? But then you get to chapter 10, it becomes even more marked of how deeply rooted this ethnic tension was in, mm -hmm. the, in the faith. Mm -hmm. And that these people are following God, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, but yet there's certain prejudices that have not yet been overcome. Yeah. And this is brought to light in the fact that Cornelius in verse 2 He's a devout man. He fears God in all his household. He gives alms generously, and he's a man who's constantly in prayer. Yeah. So you're saying he's got all the qualifications of a solid believer in God. All he needs is the truth. Mm -hmm. And yet this bias to say, I will never go to Cornelius' house. I will never consider him as an option for the gospel is what brings those things particularly to light. Yeah. And, you know, my mom used to always tell me that, unfortunately, as an African-American male, it's like sometimes in the country, it's like, I was taught I have to work twice as hard because of the color of my skin and the fact that my excellence is what brings racism to the surface. It's like if you get passed over and you're literally the best, it only makes it more manifest. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what's happening with Cornelius. It's like he's such a godly guy in, in his whole household, et cetera, et cetera. You're like, it's even more marked and manifest that you would, manif you would, you would put forth that kind of prejudice no because of how godly yeah. he is. Interesting, mm -hmm. interesting. interesting. Well, let's, pro let's go to our third section. Let's go to Acts 15 here. And Callie, can you <laughs> set us up for 15? This is the... I'll read the whole thing again. The, you can read the whole chapter. No, I don't want so to. So just verse <laughs> 1 and 2 there of Acts 15. <laughs> okay. Acts 15, 1 and 2 says, And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Yeah, we've talked about the Jerusalem Council a lot, a lot of episodes, <laughs> yeah. and we, we keep coming back to it. And this is there's a reason why this was recorded in Scripture. Um, kind of maybe for a first-time viewer, give us a little bit of a short synopsis and what are the issues involved. So in uh, this time, so we kind of talked about briefly how the gospel is going to the Gentiles at this yes. time. God has always meant that to happen, but now it's actually manifesting, and the Jews are kind of freaking out because they're mm -hmm. not used to this. And so at this point, we have some missionaries, uh, Paul and Barnabas, who have served to Gentiles, mm -hmm. and bless them, Peter as well. But people who haven't experienced this, they're like, what are you guys doing? What are you talking? They, they have to be circumcised. Mm -hmm. Paul and Barnabas are like, no. And so that's why they're having this, they have the council together to see whether or not they have to be circumcised, but ultimately, how much of the Jewish customs do they have to submit to in order to still be able to merit right. salvation in Christ? Specifically, mm -hmm. circumcision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so how in this conflict, how does the church deal with conflict? How does it resolve itself? I think they go through a couple different steps, uh, but one of them is, I like how, so kind of early on in the chapter, part of where I read, verse 2, so Paul and Barnabas talk to the instigators themselves, mm -hmm. but it says no small dispute. Then finally they're like, okay, you need to go to Jerusalem with this. This is bigger mm -hmm. than this. Mm -hmm. So they try to resolve it. Um, but then it kind of gets bigger, like, okay, we need to talk about more people. Now we talk to more people. Now, you know, this is a huge issue. We all need to talk about it together. Mm -hmm. So when they do in verses 6. So there is benefit in dialogue and discussion. Yeah. And sometimes in the church, it may seem like, why does the church spend so much time in councils mm -hmm. and conventions and, and, and conferences 
but the church pays a premium for discussion. I mean, yeah. it, they, they, they believe in discussion, Absolutely. and we found we find it's, it's biblical justification here. Yeah. yeah, and I like, again, just kind of with that is they don't automatically go from like, oh, we have an issue, let's involve everybody. But it's like, they're going to at least try to mm. resolve it here, but it's too big of an issue, and it affects mm-hmm. too many people. So then when yeah. they go through it, they um, they do start to tally recount how God is used among the Gentiles. Then James breaks out the word of God in the Old Testament, and he's like, guys, this was from the beginning. This so they clear. have an experiential testament. Testimony, mm-hmm. and then they have the word of God, yes. both supporting. Okay, and they kind of come to consensus about uh, the role of circumcision and other things for the new believers, and then they have the Jerusalem decree where they basically write it out and send it everywhere. And that's the final uh, result. Yeah, yeah, that's final. So result. I think the first the first example that we looked at was the example of neglect. The conflict is neglecting. In chapter six. In chapter six. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in order to solve that challenge, what happens is people come together. Let's let's come together and together solve this problem yes. so that no one is neglected, everyone is treated fairly. The second example that we come up with is the example of acceptance, of race, of belonging. And in this kind of situation, what happens is uh, Peter has to come to the point where he says, I have to surrender the way that I think. It's mm. an issue of myself. I, self needs to die. I need to esteem my brother better than myself. The final one is, which is perhaps the greatest of all, has not, it, it, has, it really is not an issue of race or, or anything like that, but it's a philosophical salvation issue. How are you saved? It's the issue that they're being addressed. Mm-hmm. And when it, when it comes down to that, the, the, the way to solve that conflict, the conflict of religion, the conflict of belief, the conflict of theological or doctrinal unity, what happens at that point is we cannot solve this by coming together. Mm. We cannot even solve this by personal surrender because we don't have that. The only way that we can solve this is by bringing God 100% into this picture. And so mm. you have there from verses 7 on to maybe 12 or 11 of chapter, of, of chapter 15, 15, you have just the emphasis of God. God, God, God acknowledged, God knows, God, God, God. Mm -hmm. And so God is the center of the resolution in this conflict. And so I see these three different these different these three different types of conflict and and the the uh, the the importance of how you deal these you know, you deal with one through coming together. There are some things that coming together is not gonna solve. You just need to surrender. And then there are some things that even personal surrender seems impossible. It's too hard. And God, God, you're going to have to take care of this in some way, shape, or form. Let me ask you, let me throw this this question. Have you, have the three of you ever had (laughs) a a deeply, deeply set, you know, belief in something and you were just until the end of it and then through the Spirit of God or through uh, people coming together or, or through, you know, who knows how that this, the conflict was, was resolved and you've changed positions. Uh, oh, yeah. both of you have. Okay, we'll start with Callie. We'll <laughs> it was actually Callie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, one for me is, and it wasn't really a conflict with someone else, it was a conflict almost within myself, okay. and it was about um, how I'm saved. So we know, like, by grace and yeah, amen, praise God, but really I have to follow the law. Like, mm. that, I'm, I'm kind of saved by myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember people would, you know, preach sermons about, like, you know, it's through grace in Jesus Christ. I'm like, yeah. But I have to obey the whole law myself. Um, and people, you know, I, I had com- some conversations with people, and they tried to kind of break me out of that. But they were so abrasive and intense, which is ironic because it was with the grace of God. I was like, <laughs> no, I have to like, I have to shield I'm off these crazy force people. The grace of God on you. <laughs> yeah, Girl, I'll force you will it. Accept this. I was like, no, like I'm gonna keep mm. away these heretics. Like I'm, I'm strong, Jesus, I'm strong. <laughs> but what I really, what really broke me down was people's lives and. Mm. 
people taking the time to explain things to me mm. uh, because I'm a I'm kind of a difficult person sometimes Israel be quiet mm. and it's difficult <laughs> for me to talk through things sometimes Wow! so people taking <laughs> shutting down Mexico All right. <laughs> people taking the time to kind of enter into these issues because I, I picture like if I was Paul with in this situation it's like man Jesus has told us this forever ago. I've seen it. I don't even have time to convince you guys. I got people to convert yeah. out there. But he is willing to enter in like, I want you to understand this and be able to talk about it. And that's what that's what changed my mind mm. is people patiently explaining it. And not only that, but living the truth. Mm. That really converted my soul. And so now I, I believe in Jesus' grace. Amen. 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 Yeah. We're glad you do. We're glad Amen. that you're, you're, you're a less of a difficult person in Christ. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know about that. Pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> Braxton, what, what's going on with I you? I remember um, being at a, a religious event, and I was on a panel with a group of speakers. And before we started preparing for our panel, we That just, wasn't here on Inverse. Was no, it was not here on Inverse. I think he's uh, subject unfortunately, right now. He's subject I would love to spar with us. you guys. Uh, he's talking about us right now. But the... The uh, interesting thing was that before we even got into what our content was, we were just having ca casual conversation, and it was just like a, it was just like a you know like a minefield. Like you just stepped on something, and it was like boom! Like me and this person just exploded into this passionate exchange. Mm. Like what? How can you believe that? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, it was like I could not fundamentally accept his position, you know, on this particular text, and he fundamentally could not accept my position mm -hmm. on this text. And what happened? So as we kind of heard each other out, you know, I think that we eventually went into our panel discussion. We did what we had to do together. And the first thing that happened was like we were able to put that aside and still go forward on the things that we were united on. Mm -hmm. And then number two, having that separate time of saying I heard him out, he heard me out. We ran into each other again shortly thereafter and we began to have a little bit more deferment to each other. And we kind of prayed together. We shook hands and affirmed each other's positions to say, hey, man, you gave me some things to think about. Mm -hmm. And he said the same thing to me. And we kind of left it with, you know, I'm going to really pray about what you're saying. I'm going to really study and really dig into this thing. And it really showed me sometimes how we can be really married to a position and we're just not even open to listening at all. It's yeah. just like there is no there is no negotiation at all. But. By hearing a person just as passionate in their position, it helps you to refine where you're mm -hmm. coming from and really take a humble position. What I really like each of these three three stories in the book of Acts and from your guys' examples is that, I mean, we have to admit, sometimes we can go, we can be right, and we stick up for the right, but we do it about in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And um, what, what these, these three passages really reveal is that we can still have conflict. We can resolve through conflict. And we've got to make sure we're always close to Jesus, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and, mm -hmm. re and slowly work through conflict. Maybe you guys out there have a conflict with somebody or some issue, or maybe it's internal, like like Gallery, or if it's with, with other people, like Sebastian has with everybody else. And you need to really come to a, a Jesus moment. I really want to encourage you to pray at this time and, and say, Lord, I want to be in a place to begin the process to heal some of these conflicts. That's my continual prayer, and I got people I got to, I got to resolve with. I know I know these guys have to resolve their issues too. <laughs> Hopefully, you do too. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.